today's reading is going to be from uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. If you want to turn there as you're building with your tent. Starting in 16, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning asking you to bless today's service. Be with Brother Brad as he preaches the word. Help us to dwell on this message of reconciliation, not only during this time, but allow it to remain in our minds and hearts throughout this week. Not forget that we've done nothing to deserve your grace and mercy, and apart from your sacrifice, we are hopeless. Be with the Knights and Hams this afternoon as they pray to plead the loss of their father. Let us bring honor and glory to your name as we represent your church in the communion. We ask all these things in Christ's name. We asked last week that you begin to think about your one, the one person in your life that you know does not know Jesus, that they need to come to know him before they die, someone in your family perhaps, maybe a friend, maybe a co-worker. However you have this relationship with this person, however the Lord has put them into your life, it is our prayer and our hope that you will begin to think about them, pray for them, and and seek opportunities to witness to them about Jesus that you've asked the Lord who is my one last week we saw Philip as he was traveling probably from persecution as he's along the way he sees a man in a chariot and the Lord speaks to him he says go up and speak to the chariot the guy in this chariot and so Philip does that and we talked about how even though you may not get an audible voice from the Lord about go and speak to someone the Holy Spirit has definitely put people in your life and in your path who do not know Christ and God intends for you to be a witness and a light to them. And so as we've been talking about spiritual gifts, one of the gifts that you have been given is the gift and the privilege of evangelism to tell others about Christ. And we're going to talk about another gift you've been given today. You've been given the gift of ambassador. And that is one of the greatest gifts that you could possibly receive. Last week we saw that Philip was an evangelist and that you were an evangelist. Today we're going to see that you are an ambassador of Jesus. You represent God on earth. There is no higher privilege than this. The Bible says here in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 that 
you used to know Christ from a fleshly perspective, or your translation may say from a worldly perspective. What does it mean that you used to know Christ from a fleshly or worldly perspective? What do you think that means, ambassador? What does it mean that you used to know Christ according to the flesh? I think that it means that we used to know about Christ in a normal way. We used to know the story of the gospel. At some point you heard the gospel and you knew that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for sinners and that he was risen from the dead. You can know these things and not be a child of God. But at some point you went from knowing about Jesus in a normal way to knowing Jesus in a supernatural way. And what I mean by that is at some point you went from knowing about Jesus to being convicted that not only is Jesus the Son of God, but you are a sinner undone before the Lord and that we have no hope apart from Jesus. It went from a story to reality. He went from a figure in history to a personal savior. You went from thinking maybe I've done some bad things to knowing that you stood condemned before living God. This is my story. I used to know about Jesus for years and years and years. I knew. I even liked the story of Jesus and the resurrection. I would have told you that I was a Christian if you asked me. But one day it went from a story that was sort of a side note in my life to the absolute grounding of who I am. You used to know Christ according to the flesh. But now we know him in a supernatural way. Paul has talked about in 2 Corinthians that apart from the resurrection of Jesus, we have no hope in this world. And when we die, we're gone. But because Christ is risen from the dead, we have hope that in his appearance, we too will be risen from the dead. What's the difference between knowing about Jesus in a normal way and knowing about Jesus in a life-changing, life-altering way? When you come to Jesus and you're a Christian, Jesus and his story is the most important thing in your life. It is more important than your job. It is more important than your children. It is more important than your marriage. It is more important than all of these things. And how can I say that? Because the things I've just mentioned are very precious things. But if we don't live our lives in submission to Christ, then we will disorder all those other relationships. They will become gods to us. If our lives in Jesus is not number one, then everything else will be excused. We love our family Rightly, because God teaches us through Christ how to love our family rightly. If God is not first, our love will be disordered. They are, Christ is more important than your children, your job, and anything else. He is the Savior of the world and the God King of the universe. And He has made you from dust to serve Him. We must choose death before dishonoring Jesus. We must lose our jobs before dishonoring Jesus. And this is the type of zeal that I'm afraid we lack. I think about the book of Revelation where he warns the Ephesian church that they've lost their first love. They must repent and have the zeal they had in the beginning. Can you remember, I, maybe not, you might have been very young, but for some of you this might work. If you came to Christ as an adult like I did, when Christ saved me, he was all there was. It, it was the most beautiful thing I had ever known or heard in my life. And literally nothing else mattered. I couldn't even imagine a life apart from service to him. I felt I owed him everything. 
and we must never lose that knowledge. We don't know Christ just according to a worldly perspective. He's not an add-on. We're not going around our life, and when it's convenient, we sort of bring Jesus into the picture. We are wholeheartedly pursuing Christ in everything that we do, and everything else is secondary to that. If you're doing anything in your life where Jesus and his gospel has to be pushed aside for it, that thing is sin, and it needs to be repented of. That's what it means to go from knowing Christ according to the flesh to knowing him in a supernatural, life-changing way. And what we know about Christ is that in Christ, God is reconciling the world to himself. What does it mean for you personally to be an ambassador with this message? What does it mean for us to be ambassadors of this, to be reconcilers of people to God? In the United States, an ambassador is someone who speaks on behalf of the President of the United States. So if you are an ambassador to Ghana, if you're an ambassador to Saudi Arabia, wherever you are appointed, when you speak, it is as if the President of the United States is speaking. And this is what ambassadors do everywhere. An ambassador is someone who speaks with the authority of another. It's a king or it's an elected representative. It's a leader of the nation. So when Paul says here that you are ambassadors of Christ, it means that when you speak, you speak with the authority of Jesus. Can you imagine? This is what you've been gifted to do. This is why Jesus says every single word we ever speak is going to be held to an account because we are representatives of the king. You are an ambassador of Jesus. And the word you've been given as an ambassador, so you imagine yourself, if you were going to be an ambassador to France, everywhere you went you knew. If I mess this up, if I don't conduct myself in a proper way, it could hurt relations between my country and this one. So when you go out into the world, you realize you've been anointed and commissioned and given a gift of God that you are now my ambassador to this world that I'm coming to to rule. And your job is to herald the gospel to everyone you meet and to conduct yourself in such a way that that they will understand and know what the king who's coming demands of them, what he wants, and how he loves the world. And anything you do contrary to this means you are not being a good ambassador. God Almighty has made you his ambassador. You speak the gospel with his authority. You represent his person. And the message he has given you and me to take to the world is that there is now an opportunity to be reconciled to the king who has come. And that their lives are in disorder because they are not reconciled to this king, the one who made them. It is the most important job that you have. As I said before, it's more important than being a wife or husband or anything else. The most important job you have is as ambassador of Christ and being reconciled. It's a beautiful passage here where he talks about the fact that we plead on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God, and that God is in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. This is the word we have. So here is what this world is. This world is in rebellion against the throne of heaven. God made this world. He populated it with people, and they rebelled against him, even though he rules this place from heaven. 
And this king is going to return to establish his rule once and for all over this world, and anyone who is in continual rebellion against him will be cast into the lake of fire. This is what's going to happen. And now we, as heralds, as ambassadors, have been sent from the throne to tell everyone in this world that there is good news. That the king against whom we have rebelled is coming to rule this world. But there is an opportunity. The king has sent his only begotten son and the inheritor of all things and the one for whom all this was made to die on behalf of the rebels. So that if they will stop their rebellion and submit to his son, the king, then their trespass will be forgiven them. And that this son who died for their sins has also risen from the dead and not only is he offering them forgiveness, he is offering them eternal life and he is offering them the family. However, this good news has an expiration date. There's two, actually. The first expiration date might be when you expire. If you do not kneel and bend the knee before your death, you will be none of the prophets. Or when the king returns. This is the gospel which we herald. And we say, and the Bible says here, that we are to plead with the world. Plead with them, beg with them, implore them. Be reconciled to God. God has reconciled the world to himself through Jesus Christ. Anybody, anywhere, at any time can be saved. The king of kings has decreed that by simple faith, trust in Jesus, repentance of our sins, we can be saved and be a part of that kingdom. And so... This is our perspective, not a worldly perspective. That is our perspective on Jesus and our life's mission and goal is to inform others about Christ. We do this through our work. We do this through our marriages. We do this with our children. We do this wherever we go. We're always a light to the world. We're always the salt of the earth. And all that we do, we do for the glory of Christ and the hope that men and women, boys and girls, will be reconciled to God through the gospel. That's what our life is supposed to be about. And what happens is this world sends things in your life that will distract you from all of those things. Don't fall for it. Now here's a question. Paul says here that through Christ, God is reconciling the world to himself. But then he says that we are to go out and plead on Christ's behalf as his ambassadors be reconciled to God. Why are we asking them to be reconciled to God if God has already reconciled the world to himself through Christ? What is the ministry of reconciliation? Why are we pleading and begging on Christ's behalf for people to be reconciled to God? Here is what Jesus said. He told his disciples in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. This is the ministry of reconciliation. God has cleared every obstacle between himself and a sinful person. Nothing is in the way. God can stand in open invitation 24-7 and say, if you will come to me by my son, I will forgive you at this moment. I will change your life at this moment. 
Everything that you had, the old self, the old creation, gone. Your sins, gone. As far as the east is from the west. I'm, he's making this promise as Almighty God. I'm telling you this on his behalf as his ambassador. This is what God says. God is all-knowing, but he's made this promise. Come to me through Jesus and I'll forget your sins. The God who can never forget has made a promise to forget your sins. I will never hold it against you again. Never. Come to me through my son. Repent for what you've done. It's all gone. Old things, gone. And I'll make everything new. Here's what he'll give you. I speak on behalf of the king. Here's what he'll give you. He'll give you new life. He'll give you a new heart. He'll give you forgiveness. He'll give you a crown. He'll make you a prince. He'll make you a queen. He'll give you a robe of righteousness. He will not only forgive you of your sin, he will adopt you into his family as a beloved child. He will never cast you out. Never, never, never. Never will he cast you out. Never will he leave you. Never will he forsake you. The omnipotent, all-powerful, all-loving God of the universe promises this morning. You come to him, he'll go with you wherever you go. He will stay with you wherever you go. Even if you should make your bed in hell, he will be there with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. This is an offer of the king this morning to every single person in the world. And to show us that he's earnest, how he has shown us the depth of his love and his seriousness about forgiveness is he's giving us his only son, Jesus Christ, whom he loves more than worlds, infinitely more than this universe. He has given him to us and we killed him and he's going to forgive us. <laughs> Through the death of his son, he has raised him from the dead that if you will love him, he will save you forever and ever. He will never cast you out. You will be in his hand. No one can snatch you out. He will be your savior, your God, your deliverer. No one, no thing will ever be able to separate you from the love of God that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. This is the offer of the king. But if you will not have him, you can do none of this. And if you reject all the things that you've given this morning, then he will leave you in your sin and your misery forever. That's the conditions and those are the offers. Every single obstacle has been cleared from the path. The only thing that lies between each sinner and salvation is their own stubbornness and refusal to embrace the all-good, all-loving king and to forsake their own sin. The only stumbling block laid between any person and heaven itself is their own sin and selfishness and their own pursuit of worldly things which ensnare them. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And it is our job as ambassadors of the king to bring that message to the people. It is an easy job because it's good news. If you will remember, and I will remember that this job we've been given, this duty, is not about us, but about our king. We will stop thinking about how people are going to feel about us when we tell them this truth and remember that it is their only hope for salvation. Then we will have a much easier time telling people about Christ. Every time I talk about this, I think about Samuel, the last judge of Israel. You remember Samuel, the last judge of Israel? Did you know he was a judge of Israel? 
He was very upset because he was in a long line of judges that God had raised up to rule over the people of Israel, and they continued to demand a king. Remember that? And he felt bad about it. He felt bad because, first of all, he's the judge, and nobody wanted to listen to him. And he must have been thinking, what am I, chopped liver? Why do you need a king? I've been given to you. I've prophesied to you in the name of the Lord. He's raised me up to be your judge. Why do you need a king? And the Lord comes to him and says, Samuel, why is your heart downcast? Why are you sad? God always asks questions he knows the answer to. Here's why. You're thinking about yourself, buddy. Just know this. Israel has not rejected you this day as judge over them. They've rejected me as their king. When someone judges you or thinks you're crazy because you try to get them to be reconciled to God, it is not you they are rejecting. It is the king who sent you. This is why Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water to someone in my name, you have the prophet's reward. Why? Because you know that God sent this person to be a reconciler to the world. And you give them this cup of water, it is as if you do it to the king himself because that is the king's ambassador. When we reject the gospel, when others reject the gospel, it is not you they reject, but the king who sent you. And the message which he gave you Now, if you do speak the gospel out of selfish ambition, if you speak the gospel in a way that is unloving and unkind, you may get rejected because you are a jerk. But if God can save men and change their lives through loosing the mouths of mules, then God can save others even when we botch the delivery because it is not only about the messenger it is about the all powerful God of the universe the first time the Holy Spirit ever hit me in my spiritual mouth was through someone who I do not think told me the gospel in a very loving way but the way they told me stunned me I've told this story before I was I, but some people haven't heard it, so every opportunity you get to humiliate yourself, you should. There was a pretty girl. This is before I knew Amy. And I, she went to the church that I sometimes attended. And so I saw her, and I was living a life of sin because I was lost. And I said, hey, will you be at church Sunday? She said, Brad, I'll be there, but honestly, I have no idea why you go. So there was not going to be any date in that situation for sure. But I thought, how could she say that? What a judgy thing to say. But I kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it. And I began, and I had read the Bible. And I started thinking, you know, the way I live does not line up with what Jesus teaches. And this began a thought process in my mind. It was one thing after another. There were a lot of opportunities the Spirit had to humiliate me for my good and for my salvation. But that was one of them. I don't know her name. I can't remember who she is. And if she walked in here, I wouldn't know. She probably don't remember either. But I'm eternally grateful for that smack in the mouth. She had good sense. The Lord bless her. That is our job as ambassadors of the kingdom. Not to just hurt people or be mean because uh, we've got no tact. What I mean is we represent Jesus. We know the difference between right and wrong. 
We know what's good and what's evil. We know the way to life and peace and happiness and hope. And that there is no other way apart from Jesus. And it is not because we're arrogant or because we've been raised Christian or because we happen to know this or that or what. It is because the king of the universe made to us an offer. And the spirit of God whispered in our heart through his great and infinite mercy, it's true. Repent and believe. And I'll go with you wherever you go. I will never leave or forsake you. He will give us the crown. He will give us the robe. He will give us the kingdom. He will give us the throne. There is no thing he will withhold from us. And how do I know this? Because he's already given us Jesus. And there is nothing else better than that. He's given us Christ to do with as we please. There is nothing he will withhold from us. Such is the love of God in Christ Jesus. This is the message we have for the world. So let's bring it to our emphasis. Who are you going to tell this to? You are an ambassador to a hostile world that does not love God or his son. But you've been given this commission to tell them of the love of God in Christ. Who will you tell? Who will you set this offer before? Say, this is the way to true life. Perhaps they've known about Jesus in the normal way. But they need to know about him in the supernatural, life-changing, new creation way. I'll close with this. We live in a country where just about everybody says they're a Christian. Do you believe that? I know that they say that they're Christians, but do they have this life-altering thing in their heart where they worship the Lord and you know that even though they're imperfect and failing and sinners, that their love is Jesus? If you don't know that for sure, Make sure that they at least hear the gospel from you and let them give you an answer. Not because we need it, but because we love them and want them to know. Not everyone who says they know Jesus knows him. For the Lord himself said in that day, will they not say, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name? Do we not cast out demons in your name? Do we not do works in your name? And Jesus will say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Who's your one? Who will you tell? Pray for them. Pray about it. May the Lord put someone on your heart and someone in your path. And may they come to the knowledge of Jesus and they hear that offer of a heavenly father who's saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Maybe they will come. Maybe he will draw them to himself. Then you'll have to get you another one. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask this morning that you will help us to be evangelists and ambassadors. You have commissioned us and you have called us to take this good news into our community and into the world. It has made an everlasting difference in our lives. We have come to you, Father, without anything to offer except our sinfulness 
and you had taken from your treasury and given us the merit of Christ and given us the robe of righteousness and given us the crown of eternal life and you have given us sonship and daughtership. You have made us sons and daughters of yours. We thank you for this. We ask you this morning that we could be people who hold out the robe and crown. Say, come and get it. In the name of the king, come out of your sin and sorrow and come into the kingdom of light. Lord, help us to be reconciled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.